I don't give a where I play as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. This is episode 12 of season three and the director of scouting for TSN and former NHL GM Craig Button will join us very shortly. This is a show where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed and proudly broadcast on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Uh, we do a top-shelf talent, a next wave, and a time machine. Let's get to who these players are this week. Pavel Mintyukov is the defenseman with Saginaw in the OHL. Horse Lake Scouting has this prospect. We'll give you an interesting tidbit about uh, this player and the UFHL open market a little bit later, thanks to our uh, hockey guru, Larry Fisher. He's having a great season, and Craig's going to make a bold statement, I believe, about this player. I know he really, really likes him, and he has him ranked 20th. We'll find out where he is ranked in the uh, upcoming Craigslist rankings. The new rankings will come out next week. In our next wave, it's goaltender Tyler Brennan of the Prince George Cougars. Alpine Prospects has this player, and a rare North American player for Alpine Prospects. Three shutouts in the 20 wins that Prince George has this year. So they're a young team, not great. If you're just going by numbers, although that save percentage for a team with only 20 wins is pretty good. Uh, this is a guy who I think is uh, going to go a little bit higher than a lot of people. I know it says unranked there by Craig. He'll have a, a mea culpa on that one. He has uh, as well. And in time machine, we're talking about Cole Sillinger, Mr. Hattrick, more hattricks than his dad had. He had none. Mike Sillinger. Uh, Cole is with Columbus in the NHL. He's also with the Tornadoes of the UFHL. He was 12th overall, and he has 11 goals, 10 assists in 57 games. And we'll find out from Craig just why Cole has been able to have such a great adjustment to the National Hockey League already. Uh, just an absolutely awesome story. This show is proudly presented by Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, Make sure you check out uffsports.com. You can become a scout. You can track the same players that Craig does. And Craig joins us on the UFHL, Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League Hotline. In this format, you own the game, so get in the game. And we have so much great programming going on. We are now on Twitch. We have a Twitch channel, Ultimate Fantasy Sports. Make sure you head there, subscribe, and check out our great shows. Uh, we'll be doing something with this show in that format. 
not exactly sure just what yet, but all of our great shows, whether it's baseball, basketball, or hockey, will be on there. You'll also be able to see them on their YouTube channel as well, UFSN. So some great places to get some live programming, and then you can check them out later on. We're going to do some watch-alongs, a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, viewer involvement. So it is going to be awesome. If you would like more information about Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network and how you can join us in our journey, it's UFSN at UFFSports.com and you can get your programming on our network. All right, without any further ado, let's get to it now with the Director of Scouting for TSN, Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it, Craig Button. Craig, the NHL trade deadline is coming up. That means the uh, Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League trade deadline is coming up. And before we get into the prospects that we're going to talk about today, let's discuss some of the prospects that we have dealt from a perspective of Duckman's domination uh, to get some great players. And the, the reason I wanted to bring this up is that when the trade deadline comes around, I hope to be sitting back with my Duckman's domination coffee mug enjoying my mint tea, and having a lot of our deals done early. And, and, and I think we've done a pretty good job. We, we, you know, we've traded out some quality prospects, Nikita Chabrikov, Josh Doan, Ty DeLandria, P.O. Joseph, and, and Arthur Kaliev, who you know could be the best of the bunch. But these are the players we are getting back to make a run next year. Darcy Kemper solidifies our goaltending. Danton Heinen, who's a quality player and already chipped in. By the way, Kemper had a 46-save shutout in his Duckman's debut. Bo Horvat, which can be a cornerstone. And we get a first-round pick in 2023. How do you, when you're evaluating dealing prospects for proven NHL players... How do you go about evaluating? When I send you these deals that we're, we're looking at, you know, how do you do them and how did you approach them in the NHL? Well, I mean, I think, uh, I think honestly, Dean, you got to approach it the same way. I mean, you're looking, uh, you're looking at Bo Horvat. Let's just, I mean, Bo, Bo Horvat's a, a, a key player. We, you already know what he is in the NHL. He's not a fringe player. He's not a bottom of the lineup player. He's a key player. He's an important player. So now, when you're trying to get an important player, what, what do you think? You're getting them for nothing? You're getting them for, for C-level prospects? You, you better, when, you're, when the name Bo Horvat comes up, you better be ready to talk about real significant prospects because he's a real significant player. Uh, Dean, you know, you and me talk about this, and I, 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 now with NHL trade deadline coming up, and I talk about, you know, there's, there, there's lots of people that talk like contenders. You know what they really are? They're pretenders. They 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 don't walk the walk. They they love to talk the talk. <laughs> oh, the price is too high. Oh, really, the price is too high. Really, okay. So you're you're happy being where? Oh, I can't believe they asked for that. Like J T. Miller comes to mind. You know, I keep hearing about oh J T. Miller. And I go, well, you know what? I said you can trade any player. You know what I say? I I always believe. Like, don't say no. Consider what it is. You don't have to say yes, but consider what it is. So you know, somebody says to me. 
Well, JT Miller, what would the, I said, well, if I'm the Vancouver Canucks, there's only one way I'm trading JT Miller, and that's if I get a top pair defenseman back. They go, wow, wow, gee. So Colorado, like, yeah, I said, Bo Byram. That's who I'm asking for if I'm Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin. You know, well, they'll never trade uh, Bo Byram. I said, fair enough. You're not getting JT Miller then. <laughs> like, you know, good. Like, I'm not saying you have to do it, but like, if you're not ready to hear the name on the other end of the line, you, you, you know, it's not going to happen. I don't know how many times I've told this story, but it never gets old. When we were looking to get Joe Newendike in Dallas, okay, Al Coates said, Jerome McGinley. That's what we need to talk about. Well, you think we wanted to hear Jerome McGinley's name? No, I don't think so. But, you know, as we, as we kept tracking and tracking and tracking down the, down the path, you know, it became a case of, okay, what does Joe Newendike mean for our team? What does uh, Jerome McGinley mean for our team? What does it mean not to have Jerome? What does it mean not to have Joe Newendike? All these other young players we had, and, you know, we were getting Joe Newendike. So I guess we were going to have to give up a really good prospect. And we did. We gave up a Hall of Famer. But if you're not prepared to do that, then you're going to just be fiddling with the dials. And like I said, talking like a contender, but acting like a pretender. Well, two things that were really cool about these deals. One is uh, one of them was made with the Stallions, which Ian Constable is the GM and 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 one of the uh, the owners, I believe. And so it was a true East End collaboration with our World Juniors. So that was kind of neat. And the other thing that was really important is, you know, Jeff Skinner is producing, but he's making nine million dollars for a bunch of years. And we also got rid of Brett Connolly's contract for next year. So you know, Darcy Kemper's going to need a raise next year, and Bo Horvat in a couple of years is going to need a raise so we have created cap space for those players in the future and in a cap world if you're not worrying about the next year you're you're going to be toast at some point bottom line is 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 the salary cap and and financial implications are just as much a part of the discussions as anything so when you when you present those different areas and you talk about you know looking down the road and saying okay we need we need some space uh, to to in, in our salary structure to sign these players and yeah it's giving up a younger player or a prospect but you know you're talking about you're talking about Bohorvat talking yeah. about Bohorvat like at the end of the day and and we we went back and I've talked about this all the time Jerome McGinnon when we traded him was not going to be able to do for our team what Joe Newendike did and Joe Newendike was not going to be able to do for the Calgary Flames at that point in time what Jerome was going to be able to come in and represent and ultimately do. There were different stages of the careers and, and our organizations were at different stages. So, you know, it, it, you, you can't just say, oh, you traded Joe Newendake. Oh, well, the Flames should have kept him. Well, he was holding out. He, he, he was done there. And we were at a different place. And, and Jerome is good a player and as good a prospect. He, he wasn't going to help us like Joe did. So you've got to consider all those other things. And then as you talk about the salary cap, it's, it's a big factor. And, and you know what's interesting too, Dean? People talk about the salary cap today. And I hear lots of people talk about the salary cap. And most of the people are not informed. I can tell you this. Over the course of the NHL, and I'm talking about, you know, 2000, even, even prior to 2000. When, when the CBA changed in 1994-95, the financial structure of the league changed, and it changed dramatically. Vast majority of teams were on were on salary cap budgets. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
the big market teams, and, and there was five, six, maybe seven of them, team will move in, move out. But the other, the, the other teams in the league were all on salary cap budgets. So, you know, the salary cap has been in place long before the salary cap was in place. Yeah, that, that's a very, very good point. All right, let's jump into our top-shelf talent today. Uh, Pavel Mintyukov uh, plays for Saginaw of the Ontario Hockey League, and Horse Lake Scouting has this prospect. Interesting tidbit from our hockey guru, Larry Fisher. Mintyukov was available in our futures auction in August 2020 and was one of only two among 140 prospects that didn't get bid on and ended up in the open market. The other was uh, Nick Pierre, so they got a really good deal. They got this player for $20 worth of score coin. He has 12 goals, 33 assists in 53 games, and he's ranked 20th on uh, the uh, the Craigslist. Now, you have a new Craigslist coming out, so it'll be interesting uh, to look at that, but would you consider him a straight-up offensive-producing defenseman, or is there much more to his game? I think there's much more to his game. I mean, obviously, the offense stands out, and, and let me just be very clear with you. Uh, my next list comes out uh, next uh, Wednesday or next Tuesday prior to the CHL Prospects game. He, he's in the top 10. He might be the best defenseman in the draft. Now, I still have Simon Nemitz ahead of him, right shot defenseman, but Mitnikoff is not far behind. I can tell you that right now. He's not far behind. He, he He's an outstanding skater. He's got excellent vision, excellent awareness, makes plays at the right time. You know, he knows how to open up space. Like he can beat pressure defensively, he 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 knows how to open up the ice in the offensive zone, and you know he defends very well. He defends with a with a with a, with a real straight up uh, competitiveness. Like he he he's there. He's he's in your space. He's not looking to to back off. And then once he gets stronger and 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 more more physically uh, mature, he he's going to be even better in that regard. But. This is a really, really good player. This is a player, like I said, that I think could be in the argument for best defenseman in the draft. That's how good he is. But his game obviously stands out on the offensive side, which puts him in the elite category. But he's not just an offensive defenseman. That's good because sometimes people look at that and they say, "Wow, this guy is very good offensively, but how good is he in his in his own zone?" And and I've heard he's a very good skater. That obviously helps him. Uh, do you have an NHL comparable when you look at this player? I like you. You know what? I have a, I, I have a couple. I have a couple of uh, I have a couple of players that that I would compare him to, and and in terms of style and 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 the way he plays the game. And, and, and actually, I have a trio, and I wrote down the trio the other day because I watched him play on, on Monday night, uh, the, the most previous time. And I have three. I have a trio of players that I think his game resembles, uh, beginning with uh, Ivan Provorov, um, mm. who, who's in Philadelphia, Noah Dobson with the New York Islanders, and Devin Taves with the Colorado Avalanche. And, you know, you, you look at those players, not, none of them overwhelm you, uh, you know, physically, right? They're in the right spots on the ice all the time. They think the game. They understand the game at so many different levels. And so when when I when I watch Mintyukov play, those are the guys that come to mind. And, you know, I love Provorov, I love Dobson, I love Devin Tays. And and you watch how they how they've performed in their NHL careers. That's why I think that when it's all said and done, Mintyukov might very well be you know, amongst the best defensemen to come out of this draft. And, you know, when you got that type of game and you understand what, what you are, and who you are, 
you know, I think that, you know, it puts you in, it, it puts you at a different level. And that's, the, and, and, and I'll refine those comparables in, in terms of type and maybe somebody stands out a little bit more than, than another player. You know, the other thing that I always laugh at, and I do, I laugh. So, and I remember doing the draft and uh, uh, Kale McCarr went fourth overall. And the comment, oh, well, defensively, there's concerns about him defensively. And I remember saying on the broadcast, I said, well, how would anybody know there's concerns? He has the puck the whole game long. How would you know if there's a concern about his defensive play? Like, you know, you, you can throw the line out there, but, like, there's no application. There's no real-world evidence that he – because he had the puck the whole game, right? Like, you know, so, like – do players need to, to develop? Do players need to understand, you know what, you know, spacing and all those things? That, yeah, they do. But, like, what – I want to know what player, not named Bobby Orr, came into the National Hockey League and didn't have to work on his defensive play. What defenseman? Like, yeah. they're none of them. You know, uh, the, the Provorov comment is uh, is such a neat one. I remember getting a text from a Brandon Weeking scout the first day Provorov stepped on the ice in Brandon, and they just, he couldn't believe it. Uh, he was just, like, wowed by, not not that he was, like, going end-to-end, just, he just did everything so technically well, and, and, you know, I think has continued to do that. Do you see the same things? I'm not sure if Mintyukov is a guy that stands out like the best player out there all the time, or is he just continually making smart solid plays I, th- I think the way you described Ivan is is, is, is a, there's a lot of similarities in Pavel's game I really do I think that that's very appropriate to talk about it right and again like you know I, I you know there's a lot of talk about Ivan Provorov and uh, Provorov sorry uh, in, in Philadelphia you know he's not having a, a great season oh he might I can tell you what if, if I'm the manager in the National Hockey League and I'm hearing that Ivan Proveroff might be available. I am phoning Chuck Fletcher every single day. Because I'll tell you what, the problem with the problem with Ivan Provoroff is not Ivan Provoroff. The problem with Ivan Provoroff is the Philadelphia Flyers are no good. And they don't have support. And he thinks the game at a different level than most of the players on his team. Right. So th- th- now the, the, there's no predictability. There's no acumen and everything like that. So, of course, it's going to affect a player like uh, Provoroff. Bottom line is that guy's a top-notch player. And I think Mintyukov is, uh, is, is a real, real uh, similar type, uh, has a very similar type approach to the game as does Provorov. I love it. I uh, love to hear that. All right, let's move to the next wave. And we're talking about Tyler Brennan, a goaltender with uh, Prince George of the Western Hockey League. Alpine Prospects uh, has him, a rare North American prospect for Alpine, which is based in Europe. Uh, so they dipped into the North American pool. 3.47 GAA and a 904 uh, save percentage in 33 games. And uh, I'm guessing he's going to be ranked on the Craigslist. And, and, and I want to know how you've seen him progressed from maybe the start of the year to now i know he didn't get to play a lot of hockey last year like most people but how have you seen his progression well you see that craigslist rank that says nr right yeah yeah you know i mean that nr is 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 just uh is a notation for complete idiot that's what (laughs) i was yeah (laughs) you know i I, i've watched tyler brennan play i've watched tyler brennan play and i i don't know you know how i ended up uh you know, not getting him ranked, and I think at that time sixty four. He he's a good and, and and when I right after I did that nr, it was like Craig, what are you doing? Like I went and watched him play. I'm going like, you, 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 really, Craig? You really did that? 
I did. So, you know what? Acknowledge uh, a big mistake and a big blunder. Bottom line is, is when I watch Tyler play, everything about his game just screams, you know, he's got developmental areas to work on. He doesn't have inherent weaknesses. I think he reads the game really well. I think he moves really well. I think that he's got a, a really good understanding of his positioning and where the next challenge may come from. I think that he, 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 he gets himself into the right positions at the right times where he doesn't break down in terms of his positioning. A lot of times goaltenders move and they're opening up something. I don't see that with Tyler. I, I, I see a goaltender that's got really good, strong economy of movement and, and, and real good technical acumen. What he needs is time. What he needs is just time to develop and time to hone that game. And, you know, you've heard me say this, and, but, but it applies. And, you know, pitchers have to learn how to pitch. Goaltenders have to learn how to goaltend. I think Tyler Brennan, you know, with, with everything he has, the physical stature, the athletic ability, the mental acumen, the understanding technically of what he has to do. To me, that's everything you want in a goaltender. And I think that everything that he needs, give him some time, give him some direction that he's got. A, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be a number one goaltender in National Hockey League. I like that. You know what I call it? I call it the, and, and I go back to this, it's the Trevor Kidd factor. And Trevor Kidd was on a really bad Brandon Wheat King team and stood out and was drafted high. And, and you know, his career didn't pan out the way he wanted him to, but the fact that he wasn't on a good team made him stand out that much more, faced a lot of shots. And, and Tyler Brennan has three shutouts on a team that has 20 wins. That is pretty good for me. Is he a guy that stands out for PG when you watch him? most watch them yes yes and I, I and i think that that's what you're looking for you're looking for that goaltender you know we can look at the numbers and make our own judgments on it but you, you're watching him play you're watching how he gets challenged i mean their team you know mark lamb is is, is got a very young team there you know they're competitive he understands where they're at you know, but Tyler Brennan gives them a chance. He, 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 he you know, young players are going to make mistakes, goaltenders included. But because he's a little bit more mature, has a little bit more uh, uh, notches uh, and, on, and on, on the wood block, he, he's able to, you know, clean up some of the mistakes that happen in front of him. And that keeps his team in games and that keeps his team, you know, in the competitive fight. He's going to be better next year. You know, when I look back, Dean, I look back at Thatcher Demko. Thatcher Demko is a brilliant young goaltender with the Vancouver Canucks. You look at where he's at now. I mean, Thatcher is 26, going to be 27 later on this year. I mean, I mean, and, and he, he he's top notch. He was a second round draft pick. I and, and it took him some time. I mean, Thatcher had the ability. Thatcher needed to work on some of those areas of his game to just put it all together. But boy, as he put it together and the way he plays, there's no reason for me to believe he can't do this for the next six, seven, eight years. I think Tyler Brennan, uh, you know, has a style of game like Thatcher Demko. So if you can be, and, 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 and so now somebody might ask me, well, why wouldn't you rate him higher? Maybe I should. Like when I say higher, I'm thinking second round, you know, but you, you know, in that top 45 or whatever. But, but maybe when you start looking at Thatcher Demko and comparing him to that, why shouldn't you have them in your top 32? Yeah, we'll, fair, we'll see. It's a fair commentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
We'll see when the next Craigslist comes out. Now, uh, he is on Hockey Canada's radar. He's He's been part of that program a couple of yep. times. How has that benefited him? Because, you know, he's on a team that you mentioned is young in Prince George. Then he goes to those Hockey Canada programs, gets to play with the best of the best, not only for his confidence, but just for his ability to play with those type of players has to have helped him. Well, you talk about confidence. That's a big thing too, Dean. And, and, and that certainly helps in, in your development. Also, when you're testing yourself against the, against better players, you know, understanding that like, hey, this is how you you know it's going to more resemble as you go as you go higher up the levels, it more resembles what you're going to be facing uh, as you try to get to the National Hockey League, and and then the benefit of being working with different goaltending coaches and and hearing different views. Like if you think about somebody, and I'll just I'll, I'll just use it use the example a couple of years ago. Uh, at the World Junior, I mean, you're able to come to the World Junior tournament, right? And and Taylor Goche was there, who happened to play with uh, Tyler in, in Prince George. You had Dylan Garand, and you had Devin Levi. Well, they get the benefit of Jason LaBarbera, right. and Jason LaBarbera can 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 instruct in ways uh, and and give you some things into your game that can help you develop and understand different things. So. Playing for Hockey Canada also gives you that benefit as well. So, you know, it's just that there's layers of uh, develop. Uh, there's layers of real significant advantages by playing for Team Canada that are not just on the ice. Uh, they, they also extend into other areas. And I think for Tyler, that's really important. I think it's important for any player. I totally agree. Well, Craig joins us courtesy of the UFHL Hotline Scouting is a huge part of the platform, lifeblood of the franchises in the UFHL, because any free agent, any prospect goes through a scout. So you need to get in the game where you own the game. Start putting your scouting talent to good use. If you go to a lot of games and you start noticing players, get on that UFFF site, register as a scout, and start listing players. You can be an independent scout. You can form a partnership with an existing franchise. And in our platform, once you register as a scout, you get to scout in every sport. So if you go to a lot of football games down in the States and watch college or baseball or basketball, Get in the game where you can own the game. Reach out for more information on Twitter at the UFHL. DMs are open and get into it. It is so much fun watching these players get listed uh, time and time again. And and now we take a trip in the time machine and we go back to 2021 draft. We're talking about Cole Sillinger, a center with Columbus of the NHL. The Tornadoes have him in the UFHL and benefiting most recently by a hat trick. 11 goals, 10 assists in 57 games as the 12th overall pick last year. He recently had his first hat trick, and now, I'm sure you've seen it before, has more hat tricks than his dad, Mike, who played in the NHL. Uh, but this is just a, a, a terrific story. Why has Cole Sillinger, do you think, been able to make such a, a quick adjustment so far, seemingly, to the NHL? Yeah, well, I mean, the adjustments, if you can't, if you can't think and you can't process the game quickly and accurately, I don't care how much skill you have, you're not going to be successful at the NHL level. You might be able to play, you might be able to play a role, but you're not going to be successful. And Cole Sillinger has outstanding hockey sense. He understands, he's got really good feel. He took a big hit a couple weeks ago, and, you know, you start to go, oh, geez, you know, that's a young kid that did. But you know what? Good players get hit. 
and, and we've seen good players get it. We saw Nathan McKinnon take a big hit earlier this year. Mm. What are we saying that him at 26 years of age, you know, uh, you know, he's too young, you know, body checking is part of the game. We've seen some, some big hits uh, over the course of, of many, many games and many, many years. So Cole has outstanding sense and feel for the game. And, it's with the puck. It's without the puck. He can play on the power play. He can play on the penalty kill. He can play left wing. He can play center. There's so many different areas that Cole can contribute uh, on your team. And and that's been evident from the first time I ever saw him play as a 16-year-old in Medicine Hat. I mean, it, it you know, if, if you want to go out and watch Cole Sillinger play and you're looking for this this player that's going to go up and down the ice and wow you and, and toe drag you and dangle, you're not going to see that. But you know, one of the things when I first saw Cole play, and it's one of the things that always comes to mind, because one of these days we're going to have to do a time machine on Logan Stan Coven, because he's another guy that comes to mind. And, you know, same same age, you know, same draft. Uh, and, and now I look at, and I think back to, to, to Logan and I think to Cole, you're watching a game and you keep going, who made that play? Oh, that's, that's Stillinger. Oh, who made that play? That's Stillinger. Oh, who is oh, that Sillinger again? And then you, you, you keep going back and you keep seeing the same player making the same types of plays. And, and, and they're always the right plays or good plays or strong plays in every area of the game. And, you know, th- then you assess, well, skating is good. His puck handling is good. He's competitive. He's hard. He doesn't get pushed around, you know. And now you start to go, yeah, well, there's not a lot of, you know, you hear this, you know, the wow factor. Well, if you're going for a wild factor on Cole Sillinger, you're going to leave every time going, there's no wild factor. But I'll tell you what, you want a player that's really effective and really competitive and really understanding of what each situation presents and how to handle it, Cole Sillinger's your guy. So are you seeing anything uh, new, different to his game, or is he just continually developing the skills he built up in junior and putting those to good use in the NHL? Well, you know, I think last year, too, going to the USHL really helped him because it's mm-hmm. a different style of league, right? And so it challenges you in different ways. And, you know, a lot of times players that, you know, they're, they're coming from junior hockey or college hockey or, or, you know, in some cases the USHL, not, not often, or Europe, and they've been really good players over there. And but but there's different aspects that maybe they haven't been they haven't been exposed to or exposed to any great extent. I think by Cole playing in the USHL, he got exposed to a to a tighter, faster, you know, harder, you know, straight up and down game. You know, playing in junior in Madison Hat, he was a really good player as a rookie. And you know, you, you you watch these different areas, and and you go, okay, so he's benefited from that, and you can see how he handles that in the NHL. He he he's benefited from this area, and you see how that helps him in the NHL. I, I talked about the hockey sense. I I think when you when you have those abilities to to understand what the challenges are going to be, then you understand also how how to handle it and how to inject your game in, into the NHL. I think that's why as an 18-year-old, he has been able to find a, a, a measure of success. It's because of some of those experiences, both in the USHL and in, and in the Western Hockey League. I think these are all things that help a young player understand. Because when you get to the NHL, there's two things. You better show me that you can help our team win and be productive. And number two, you're playing against the best players in the world. You know what? You've never, you've, those, are, those are serious, serious demands on a young player. 
Cole understands those. And I think he's benefited from the experiences in, of previous times and steps in the NHL and is very good. Very few 18-year-olds can, can find their way in the NHL. Cole's done a pretty good job, I would say. You know, and I think the other thing that sometimes gets overlooked, and I'm not saying this happens with everybody, but he had a dad who played in the NHL, and I know the game yeah. has changed, but he can help him and say, you know, these are the things you're going to do, or or if there's a rough patch, he can lean on his dad, or, you know, just those kind of stories, whether you're growing up around the game and you're seeing kind of what it takes, or you can get that firsthand experience. Like I said, I don't think it automatically means a guy's going to have success, but I think it does give him an, an option that most players don't have to be able to call their dad and say, this situation happened. What do you think? Well, I mean, absolutely that's going to help a young player. But but what also is, is that Cole's been around the game because of his dad. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, there, there's also that factor that, like, you're you're kind of, you, you know, it's not new to you. It's it, it's new, but it's not new, if you know what I mean, right? Yep. So, like, you, you know, you've been in the dressing rooms. You've been around the game. You've been – so, like, now you can just come in and play, right? Like, you're not like – Oh my God, like, are you, like, there is an awe factor. There is an awe mm-hmm. factor for young players. I can't believe, oh boy, I'm in the NHL now. For Cole, he grew up in it and he's been around it. So, like, th- th- there's probably not the same type of mystery surrounding his entry into the NHL. Th- th- there's still going to be an awe. There's still going to be, oh, I'm excited to be here, but there's not a mystery. And I, I, I obviously, I think that helps. And certainly when you can turn to your father. And, and and ask him about different things, you know, that's a, that's an added benefit, no question. All right. Well, looking forward to a number of things. The top prospect game, as you mentioned, a new Craigslist, and, of course, the trade deadline, Duckman's domination. Still has a guy like Phil Kessel out there that, you know, we could trade. We could also keep Kessel and get some playoff revenue if he gets traded in the NHL or keep him for next year. But uh, I know we'll still be looking at uh, a lot of deals, and certainly we uh, appreciate your knowledge and your input uh, with Duckman's domination and high-level scouting and, of course, this show right here. I'm also looking forward to doing a uh, scouting tips and story time at some point. Maybe in a couple of weeks we'll throw that together and uh, some people can start asking you some questions about uh, life in hockey because I know you enjoy that as well. I do, and I'm all in on that. And Dean, every week it's enjoyable. That being said, Prospects game is next Wednesday. We should do our next show Thursday. Ah, that's a good point. Let's do that. We'll move this show to next Thursday. We can talk about the Prospects game and the new yeah. Craigslist. Great idea. Great executive decision. <laughs> well, Listen, sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut. (laughs) Awesome stuff, Craig. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk real soon. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. recap next week with Craig Button and of course uh, a little bit after that we'll do uh, Craig's Council uh, where you can have uh, your part in uh, scouting tips and story time with Craig if you have a question whether it's about a past player or a current player or anything he's been involved with in the game of hockey 
Uh, if you really want to suck up, ask him about the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, but send it to us, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. Uh, we have a bunch of questions from past shows that we didn't get to that we will include as well. Uh, but feel free to send in some new questions, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. If you have a question for Craig about a specific player or anything to do in the scouting world. And as mentioned, this show proudly being broadcast on Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. We want to be your one-stop fantasy sports shop, whether that's about the UFFS or just in general fantasy. If you have a show you'd like to get on the network, please reach out to us, UFSN at UFFSports.com. That's UFSN at UFFSports.com. You can follow at UFS Network on Twitter, where the DMs are open. And that is going to wrap things up for another show here on UFSN and Tracking the Draft. Uh, thank you very much for watching the program. If you'd like to get it in audio format, just search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network on wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, we have our uh, podcast shooting out to all the different podcast places. So just search Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network and you can get all kinds of shows from all of our different hosts in the audio format so you can listen to us on your commute if you'd like big thanks of course to uffs and uphl for being the driving force behind this show and we wouldn't be here without the director of scouting for tsn craig button who's also the president of hockey for high level scouting and the director of scouting for Duckman's domination those in the uphl reach out we're still willing to deal and thanks very much for watching another edition of tracking the draft with the director of scouting for TSN, Craig Button. We'll see you next Thursday.